0: As you know, here at St. Joe's, there is a long standing tradition that on Father's Day, a father is invited up to share a little bit about the role of faith in his life as dad, right? This afternoon, we honor to hear from Dave Sabato. Please come forward and please join me and welcome him. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, as Father Emmanuel said, my name is David DiSabato, and my wife, Annie, and I have been parishioners here at St. Joseph's for just over 18 years. When Father Martin asked me to present at mass on Father's Day, I was surprised to say the least, but more importantly, it was another blessing from God. So let me start by telling you a little bit about the person standing before you today. My Italian parents, Conrad and Louise, were devout Catholics, members of St. Eugene's in Norwich, St. Paul of the Cross in Park Ridge, and uh, St. James in Arlington Heights for the remainder of their lives together. And along with their strong belief in the Holy Trinity and the Church, the foundation of our family was built upon the moral and ethical principles traditionally upheld and passed on within a family following the Ten Commandments, honesty, fidelity, morality, respecting your elders, patience and perseverance, and standing up for those who cannot stand up for themselves, while always treating others with kindness and respect. I'm the youngest of three siblings. My sister is 12 years older than me. My brother Mike is four years older than me, and we attended Catholic school through eighth grade. Well, that's not true, exactly true. I only went to Catholic school through fourth grade. You see, I was always misunderstood by the nuns in school. In fact, I usually spent the second half of recess in the principal's office, if you know what I mean. And I'm quite sure I was the reason why two of the nuns at St. Paul took an early retirement. I attended public school from that point forward, graduating from Maine South in Park Ridge in 1972, and then graduated from Roosevelt University sometime later. When it comes to parenting, my parents were two of the best. I can't begin to describe how blessed I am to have had them in my life. Although we may not have always seen eye to eye, the love and wisdom they poured upon my siblings and I is something that will never be forgotten and for which I am eternally grateful. But when you're young and always in a hurry to get to the park or ride your bike or get behind your drum set to practice or to get your first driving lesson, unfortunately, a thank you always comes later. This would obviously change as I got older, but I said I'm sorry to them more often than I thank you during those years and this I'll explain later. Today, I often thank God for the opportunity to thank them both for helping me understand who I was and what I was capable of and for giving me the strength I needed to follow my dreams and for believing that I had the skills and potential to achieve my goals. You see, my metro tracks I ride on Monday through Friday go right past All Saints Cemetery twice a day, And no matter if I'm praying, reading, or watching a movie, I almost always glance up right when we're flying by the mausoleum and I say hi. Reflecting on my younger years, whenever I looked into my mother's eyes, I experienced one of the purest loves one could find. With my dad, while we had our shares of ups and downs. Don't get me wrong, my father's love for family was immeasurable. Um, Life with him was beautiful growing up. Cubs games, Cub Scouts, working in the garage together, playing with my erector set, playing catch. He even made breaking leaves fun, just to mention a few. However, about the time I turned 11, things began to change, and mostly on my account. I began to react to things a little differently, becoming argumentative, getting in trouble a little bit more often, Um, doing most everything my parents told me not to do, and hurting myself in the process, stitches here and there, fighting occasionally at school, even stealing a, a pack of baseball cards or bubble gum from the Benjamin 5 and 10 store, but most importantly, cutting Sunday school classes. I had become troublesome in my father's eyes. I began to grow indifferent concerning my Christian faith, And eventually, my relationship with Jesus Christ began to fade. My highest passion for Jesus was past tense rather than present tense. By this time, the fourth commandment had begun to lose its precedence as well. As I got older and eventually moved out on my own, my life took off in two directions. You see, I was the perfect Gemini. Whenever I was visiting them, I was the son they wanted me to be the son that they could be proud of. But my life away from them? Now that was a different story. In my 20s, I was making good money as a union concrete laborer. I shared my apartment with the bass player in my band, and I was involved in the nightlife, going out almost every night and shooting a lot of pool. And with this lifestyle, including drinking and drugging, just to name a few of the things that came with it, I was one of the top pool shooters in the league, and I have the badges and the trophies to prove for it. But there was something missing. There was something always missing, and I couldn't figure it out. Then I met someone very special. Mary was her name. And in a short time, we were married. I was in love and living the good life, but something was still missing. Then one day, I came home to the greatest news. We were going to have a baby. And on December 8th, 1980, our daughter Candace was born, and I became a father. Candace Jennifer DeSabato, she was such a lovely baby. And raising a girl is quite different than raising a boy, or so I thought. As she grew into a young girl, Candace went everywhere with me. Being a musician most of my life, she developed such a love for music. If she was around whenever I practiced, she always had a journey song that she wanted me to play. All of the time. Always journey. I have such fond memories of her watching our concerts and jam sessions. Her smile told me the whole story. She absolutely loved it. Fathers and daughters have a unique bond, a foundation of security, understanding, and love. And being a father who provided praise, support, and unconditional love, I gave Candace the gift of confidence and high self-esteem. And I didn't have to go to extraordinary lengths to make this happen. By the time Candace turned 27, she was an executive chef, learning most of her skills while providing meals for the PGA tournaments at the American Club up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, including um, chefing a master's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. She is now in charge of the entire nutrition department at a hospital in San Antonio, Texas, and I couldn't be a prouder father. If you take a moment to read Proverbs 31, verse twenty twenty one, this is a beautiful verse to remind our daughters that they can always be helpful and show God's love to others. It encourages them to reach out to those less fortunate in any way that they can and let God shine through them. For from there comes strength and dignity, peace and joy, and also fearlessness about the future. Candace has has every one of these qualities and more. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it states, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they they are old, they will not turn from it. She has made me the proudest father, and in doing so, I continue to receive blessings from our Holy Father. Returning to my story when Candice was born, I thank God for blessing us with a perfect baby girl, but that was it. I turned to God, our blessed Father in heaven, and just said, thank you. It didn't dawn on me that I hadn't talked to him or his son, Jesus Christ, since the last holiday mass I had attended with my parents. And even then, I was reciting mass and just going through the motions. I was there to make my father proud and my mom happy. You see, I had walked so far away from the church from praying each day, even from God our Father, that I didn't notice he was still calling me. And yes, even with everything I had, there was still something missing. And I was deaf and blind to the fact that Jesus was right in front of me, reaching out and trying to pull me closer. Over the next decade, I hit rock bottom. Emotionally, I was torn down. I got divorced when Candace was three. Mentally, I was still in this rut of working hard during the day, playing hard during the night, and trying to be the person my friends wanted me to be. Then Jesus presented me with yet another blessing. I met my wonderful wife, Annie, who's sitting right here in the front row, and we will be celebrating our 30th anniversary tomorrow. I'm pretty sure Jesus said, I'm blessing you with another angel in your life. If you mess this one up, you're on your own. We dated for about five years, and we were filled with so much joy and happiness when we got married. But old habits are hard to break. As I stated previously, when I was young, my father was the last person I thanked because I was overjoyed with whatever gift he had given me. When Candace was born, I only turned to God our Father to say thanks, and I was on my way. And now I was blessed with this wonderful, shy, and full of love angel. And I don't think I turned to Jesus to thank him until Annie and I were forced to be apart for a short time. I was arrested for drug possession and sentenced. There were times where I would sit alone, thinking about life in general waiting to return home, and I still felt like there was this void in my life. What was my purpose in life? As stated in John 8, verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. I was wandering in the darkness, unwilling to see what it was he wanted me to do. I recently read an article titled, Jesus the Prisoner, and it, was, it has this statement in it. Jesus understands prisoners. He understands what they feel, anger, fear, isolation, and abandonment. I also felt heartbroken and ashamed for breaking my mother and father's heart, not to mention the heart of my wife, Annie, and my daughter, Candace. When all is taken away and your life is on lockdown, God the Father invites prisoners to join him on a journey of hope, mercy, and forgiveness that will transform their hearts and minds from the inside out. Finally, my eyes were open, and after the initial fear of incarceration subsided, I came to realize that there are two great days in one's life. The first is the day you are born, and the second is the day you find out why. You finally see the journey God, our Heavenly Father, has in store for you. As stated in Colossians 2, verses 13 through 14, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Amazingly, my incarceration affected my father in a similar way. As my journey of hope, mercy, and forgiveness ignited my spiritual growth, my father also found it in his heart to pray things would be better for me. He exemplified mercy and forgiveness in my life, past, present, and future. In Matthew 6, Jesus explains that God our Father forgives sins, but attaches to our enjoyment of that blessing a great responsibility. As I received forgiveness for my wrongdoing, I had to return that love through helping those less fortunate than myself. One day, an inmate working on his GED asked if I could help him study. Naturally, I sat down and began working with him. In a very short time, I found myself at the beginning stages of my blessed mission, my new journey, and became a certified GED teacher. I tutored inmates from every gang, every ethnicity, and every religion before I returned home to my wife and child, my mother, and the open arms of my father. And this experience, this blessing from my Heavenly Father, turned into a 27-year career working with inmates, parolees, and the ex-offender population, and I continue to do so today as a subcontractor for the Illinois Department of Corrections. Quoting from a prayer app I use each morning, Jesus showed us how to live the fourth commandment. He was born into a human family and grew into adulthood through the care of Mary and Joseph. Saint Joseph is our strong and silent spiritual father. He stands as one of the greatest saints in the life of the church, and he played a pivotal role in Jesus' life and mission. My father passed in 2002, but he played a pivotal role in my life as well and his spirit will forever dwell in my heart. I have come to realize that his spirit, his influence, his character, and his quiet yet strong presence were and are still invaluable to me. He taught me to be fair, humble, kind, independent, and uh, and to honor the opinion of others." In closing, I'd like to thank God for this amazing opportunity to share my life with you today. I thank him for my beautiful family and for our continued growth within the St. Joseph's community. I am very thankful for attending the Men's Legacy Weekend a couple of weeks ago where I had a chance to see Father Ken again, and now I have a group of new friends with whom I look forward to sharing our faith in God and in the Holy Scripture. I thank Father Emmanuel and Ron Paulson for standing by my side during troubled times. And I thank my beautiful wife, Annie, for always lending her support and sharing her endless love with me. My Lord, my God, you are greater than anything we may face each day. Thank you that your presence goes with us and that your joy is never dependent upon our circumstances, but it is our true and lasting strength, no matter what we're up against. I ask that your peace continues to lead us in the right direction and that your blessings remain plentiful as we celebrate your love each day in thanks. Thank you all, and may God continue to bless St. Joseph's and all of you on this very special Father's Day. Thank you.